This morning, we're talking about the arrival of peace, the arrival of peace. And to ensure that everyone in this room has a very peaceful Christmas, I just want to throw out a quick disclaimer, a quick update, a quick announcement. Uh, This might be a little more specifically towards the men in the room, but ladies, bear with me too. Uh, We have 10 days left until Christmas, everybody, okay? Uh, 10 shopping days left. Our numbers are, you know, dwindling as we speak. And if you're anything like me, maybe you haven't even started yet, okay? So if I run into you at Target out and about, please give me a little bit of grace and help me finish my Christmas shopping as well. But... You're a friendly, gentle reminder that we are 10 days away from Christmas. But the funny thing is that often Christmas tends to be a little more chaotic, you know, a little more stressful than peaceful. If you think about it, we have the parties, we have the presents, the families, the kids, the festivities, all the things we saw in this video. It's a good month straight of go, 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 this thing, this thing, this thing. A lot of them are good, fun things, but it's a month straight of busyness, of chaos, and there's very little peace When we think of all these things, right? Because what word do we often put with peace? Peace and what? Peace and quiet, maybe you heard somebody say? Not a lot of people? Okay, well, peace and quiet, they go together, peanut butter and jelly. Okay, let's go with that. But peace and quiet. But when we think of the Christmas season, there's very little quiet that comes to mind, right? It's the loud lights, the loud music, all the funny movies, things I love. But there's very little that it's maybe peaceful or quiet about this time of year. And I just find it ironic that we're celebrating the arrival of peace. And this is a time of year that there's sometimes very little peace and a lot more chaos in our lives. This word peace is a very common word in the English language that means different things to different people, but it's also a very important word when we read the Bible. And your very first note here today is that peace in the Bible refers not only to the absence of conflict, but also to the presence of something greater. It's not just the absence of conflict, but it's the presence of something greater. And I believe that it's this ill-fated search for something greater that often leads to the chaos and the stress in our lives. I think of the classic Christmas movie from the 90s, Jingle All the Way. Anybody familiar with Jingle All the Way? It's an absolute classic, okay? I mean, there's Arnold and his pre-Arnold days. And he's on the search to find this toy for his son called Turbo Man, this Turbo Man action figure, because he believes that if he finds this perfect gift, it'll restore peace to his relationship with his kid. And if you haven't seen the movie, uh, nothing but hilarity ensues, all kinds of fun comedy stuff happens from it, and uh, it's maybe a bit of an over kind of look at how chaotic this time of year can be, but there's a lot of truth to that for some of us, that we just think if we can just find that one thing, if we can just fill our lives with that one thing we're missing, that I'll have peace, that peace will be restored in my home, my family, if I can just find that one thing. And oftentimes we think it's that one thing, but then we find that thing, and then there's something else. The problem is with these one things, they always lead to other things. And we're just constantly on this search for peace that we just can't quite seem to grasp. You see, I think this is a movie that a lot of us can relate to, and for being honest this morning, even us as Christmas lovers like myself, I mean, I am like right up there at the top, Buddy the Elf, me, okay? Christmas lovers. This time of year can be chaotic, and there's sometimes it's this unsettling throughout the holiday season. You know, we just sang the song a few minutes ago, Oh Holy Night. And there's that line in the song, A Weary World Rejoices. And sometimes this time of year, it brings a whole lot of weariness. And some of us may be looking at other people who are like, oh, yay, Christmas. And like, how in the world are they rejoicing and joyful when I'm going through all these difficult things, when I am tired, when there's chaos and stress? We sing, oh, holy night, a weary world rejoices. See, this peace, like I said, it's not the presence 
or the absence of a conflict or something, but sometimes it's the presence of something greater. The presence of something greater. You see, in the Old Testament, the word that they used for peace was shalom. And your next film that the most basic meaning of shalom is completeness or wholeness. Peace is wholeness or completeness. And this makes sense, right? When everything is in order, when everything is where it's supposed to be, when there's nothing out of place and everything is where it's supposed to be, things feel good. There's a sense of relief, like, ah, finally. The house is all picked up. Everything's in its place. There's peace, you know? The kids are sleeping. It's peaceful. Everything's in the where it's supposed to be, right? Recently, uh, my wife and I finished a 1,000-piece puzzle. Okay, hold your applause. I know it's, it's a very impressive feat, okay? A 1,000 pieces with your spouse. We're still happily married, okay? This stuff just doesn't happen, people, okay? But we recently finished this 1,000-piece puzzle. I'm not going to go into details of how long it took because I don't want to make anybody else feel bad for how fast we did it, okay? It only took like nine or ten months. Um, <laughs> but we worked on this puzzle, and as we were getting closer to completion we looked like we might have been missing a piece or two. And in this moment, all kinds of anger and stress and anxiety was starting to boil up because we'd worked so hard on this stupid butterfly puzzle, okay? But every night we'd work on it, we'd have to put it away because we couldn't let our kids destroy it because you know they would because we have little kids. So we'd have to put it on this big piece of cardboard and lift it up on top of this like hutch thing that we have where they wouldn't see it or know about it. But so I was thinking, in the process, did I somehow tip it over? Did I lose a piece? Did I get bumped somewhere along the way? Because no one wants to see a 99% complete puzzle, right? I mean, that's just more anger than anything. So there's all this kind of stress, like, do we have all the pieces? But then as we finally got closer and closer, then, you know, a few pieces twisted ways that we didn't anticipate, which is the whole point of them, I guess. But we realized that we did indeed have all of the puzzles, and I brought a nice picture here for you to, to see this morning. This was uh, our completed work, okay? Yeah, that's very impressive. You can clap for that. Um, and you would think, you know, colored butterflies is not that difficult. That was a very hard puzzle, okay? Like, if there was a scale of 1 to 10, that was probably at least an 8, all right? Um, not the hardest, but it was difficult. But the funny thing is, as we completed this puzzle, there was this huge exhale, this huge, we did it. There's nothing incomplete. It's whole. It's perfect, right? Order has been restored to this puzzle. And even though it was something kind of silly, it wasn't some big life situation that we're working through, Still, the completing of this thing brought a sense of peace to our lives because it was complete. It was whole. But see, one of the most difficult things about Christmas and this time of year in this very next villain is that Christmas magnifies everything missing or incomplete in our lives. It magnifies everything missing or incomplete in our lives. Maybe it's a loved one who recently passed away. Maybe it's a broken relationship between your parents or your kids. Maybe it's a breakup or a divorce. Maybe you were laid off or maybe that Christmas bonus you were promised isn't coming to fruition. Maybe just it's something as simple as seeing the stupid Hallmark movies over and over again. Or all your friends are sending you their Christmas cards of their perfect families that you just don't seem to be able to live up to. Whatever it is, it's this time of year that it has, you know, it's kind of like hitting that pressure point. Whatever feeling of incomplete or whatever feeling of unwholeness or of hurt or pain that's going on in your life, this time of year just presses right on it. And that's what makes it so difficult. It's such a joyous time of year, but also can be such a difficult time of year as well. You see, this core idea of shalom or peace is that life is complex. It's full of moving parts and relationships and situations, 
And when any of these just gets out of alignment, or when any of these things are missing, our peace breaks down. Life is no longer whole and needs to be restored. All it takes is one little thing to be out of alignment, to be missing. Our peace just gets disrupted. You know, I like to think of it like this brick wall example here. When not a brick is out of place and everything's there, like I said, the puzzle is all put together, we're good. But how often do our lives look like this wall? Everything's straight, nothing's missing, everything's in place. Very seldom, if we're honest. Sometimes it's as simple as, oh, this brick gets a little bumped, a little bit out of whack. All it takes is one thing sometimes to disrupt the peace that God has in our lives. A great example of this is this last summer. I actually had both of my vehicles break down on me in the exact same day, uh, which is kind of impressive, I guess. Um, but both vehicles in one day. First in the morning, uh, me and my oldest son, Caleb, were driving back from his dentist appointment, so it already wasn't a really fun day. Um, and on the highway, a belt goes on the van. Thankfully, we could get off of an exit and got it towed. But here we are waiting for my wife to come pick us up in my 2002 Nissan Xterra. And anytime you need an 18-year-old vehicle to come to the rescue, you've kind of reached a new low, okay? Um, so here we are. She comes, picks us up. She brings, you know, Caleb to school. I drop her off at home. I drive to work. Okay, things are, at least for the time being, okay. I work a few more hours. I go to leave and go to get in my 18-year-old vehicle and turn the key and nothing happens. Completely dead. John comes. We try to jump it. Won't even take a jump start. I mean, this thing is dead as a doornail. So... I actually had to call my father. Uh, here I am, a 34-year-old man, uh, having to call my dad to come pick me up from work and bring me home. Um, I felt more like I was a 16-year-old, like getting off a shift at Dairy Queen or something. Um, but nonetheless, here was a situation I found myself in. One day, two vehicles, both dead, and I had kids that had football practice last night. I'm like, what in the world is happening? Uh, so I did what any you know, good you know, pastor would do in that moment. I got really angry. <laughs> I was frustrated. I was like, oh, why? And one day, like, if it was the next day, sure. But one day, both things, this is just a little too much for me to handle in this moment. It was like as soon as I thought I had one brick kind of put back, hey, we got the van towed, it's going to be okay, you know, another brick gets knocked out. And sometimes that's how life feels, that no matter how often we pick up these bricks. All right, we got one, okay, we put it back into place, I can work hard enough, that one's good. Another brick falls, okay, I'm going to go pick up this brick, I'm going to get this one back in place, you know, another one falls out of, out of place. No matter how hard we sometimes work to get our bricks back in place, life happens. And there's a sense of incompleteness or wholeness that comes with it. But here's the good news for me, for you today, that no matter how chaotic life gets, no matter how many of our bricks get knocked out of place or get damaged or destroyed, at Christmas, this time of year, we get to celebrate the arrival of peace and the arrival of the one who brings peace and wholeness to our lives. That's what we get to celebrate today. And to put this into perspective, people have been longing for this type of peace for hundreds and hundreds of years. Generations of people were born and died without ever experiencing this kind of peace. In fact, around 700 years before the arrival of Christmas and the arrival of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words, chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Let's check this out. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. 
of the greatness of his government and his peace. I love this. There will be no end. The greatness of his peace. There will be no end. People have been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years to experience this peace that would know no end. Then a little over 2,000 years ago, peace showed up. And that's your next film today, is that Jesus is the arrival of peace. Jesus is the arrival of peace. He's the one who restores. He's the one who completes. He's the one who puts our pieces back in place. The weary world rejoices, like we sang about, because peace had arrived. Peace had arrived. And here's the thing, not only did Jesus bring peace to our everyday lives, to our relationships, to the situations we find ourselves in, but he did something so much greater as well. He brought peace between us and our Heavenly Father. When nothing else could do, he brought ultimate peace between us and God. And that's your next film, that Jesus' arrival restored wholeness to the broken relationship between us and our Creator. It restored to wholeness, the way God always intended it to be, this peace between us and him. That's what Jesus' arrival signifies. In Ephesians 2, 14 through 15, the Apostle Paul writes this, speaking of Jesus, he says, For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law and its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Before Jesus showed up, he was make a sacrifice, get on good graces with God. Screw up. Make a sacrifice, get on good graces with God. Screw up. This end this cycle where Jesus shows up and says, I'm going to bring peace, ultimate peace between you and God. One sacrifice, once end for all for all time. That's the ultimate peace that Jesus brought to us. See, the broken relationship between us and our creator has finally been restored, and Paul puts it so simply in the book he wrote, uh, Book of Romans, he said in 5.1, simply put, we have peace with God through Lord Jesus. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. It's as simple as that. So when we're looking for peace with God, we know exactly where to go because peace arrived in the form of Jesus, and that's where we start. And here's what I've learned, and it's your next feeling here, is that peace with God, really it paves the way to peace with ourselves and it equips us to make peace with others. It paves the way to peace with ourselves and equips us to make peace with others. That's what happens when we make peace with God. And here's what I mean when I say it paves the way to peace with ourselves. If we are not at peace with ourselves, if there's some lingering thing that we just keep dragging around, some hurt, some pain, something in our past that we just can't seem to get rid of. We turn around and we just, we, it's there. And like we said, this time of year, that thing, whatever it is, it's magnified. Whatever that thing is, maybe that we've done or that has happened to us or that we've just experienced, we see that, it's magnified. and We just can't seem to shake it. But God invites us into peace with him and invite him into these situations. He invites us to invite him into this pain, into the things that we just can't seem to rebuild on our own. That's why Jesus came. He's the arrival of the peace that restores. So once we can receive his peace, receive his grace and forgiveness for us and really come at, have this peace with ourselves, man, now we're equipped to extend that peace to other people. 
We have peace with God, peace with ourselves, and now we give it out to others. Think about it this way. We can't extend to others things that we don't have for ourselves, right? Say I want to give somebody an awesome gift for Christmas. If I don't have it yet, I can't give it to them. I need to receive this gift for myself so I can then give it out to somebody else. The same is true with this peace that we're talking about. If we want to be able to be peacemakers, to extend peace, to help restore relationships that have been broken, if we want to be that conduit for God to extend peace to others, we need to have peace with God and peace with ourselves so that we can then actually give it out to others. It's really quite simple. And this is such an important thing. And Jesus himself, Matthew 5 through 9, Jesus said these words that I just love. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, the people who bring wholeness, completeness, restoration. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. What an amazing thing to hear. What an amazing title for us to receive. You'll be children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. So this whole idea of peace with God and peace with ourselves, it's really a huge thing for us to grasp because once we have peace with God, peace with ourselves, that then allows us to extend that peace to others. And that's what God wants from all of us. He wants us to be peacemakers, to be his conduits of peace to everybody around us. Because see, anytime I've learned that I've had a problem, I need to go to the source. If I really want to fix the problem, I go to the source. It's not good just to fix you know, a little symptom of a problem, but I really need to go to the source. So same thing with peace. If I want true peace, whether it's in a relationship with me, I need to go to God. I can't just try to find some cheap substitute in the moment that would make me feel a little bit better. But I need to go to the source of all peace, to the arrival of peace, to Jesus. And through that, I'll have peace with myself and it equips me to extend that same peace to others. So if we want to experience that, we need to start by going to the true source. And here's the encouraging part. We don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to receive it. There's not this huge laundry list of things that we need to do, but Jesus simply offers us his peace. Look what Jesus himself says in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Wholeness I leave with you. My wholeness I give you. Completion I leave with you. My completion I give you. Restoration I leave with you. My restoration I give to you. See, last week, Ryan talked all about the gift of Jesus. But this gift is so much greater than we could ever, I think, wrap our minds around. So much greater than we could ever even explain or try to explain or really comprehend. I mean, look what Jesus just says he's giving to us right here. His peace, his wholeness, his completion, his restoration. These are the gifts that he is freely giving to us. He says, my peace I give to you. The arrival of peace. You see, when we take this gift, when we get to take this gift and bring it to the broken areas of our lives, something happens inside of us. You know, all these, we don't always feel this awesome moment, like, oh, everything's better, but when we can invite Jesus into the brokenness, into the missing pieces, 
into the things that I've been rubbed the wrong way for years and years maybe, when you invite him into those moments, something changes inside of us. It's like we talked about at the beginning, peace isn't just this absence of conflict. We can't just go shut ourselves away into our room and just hope that you know, nothing bad happens and just, if I'm you know, isolated, things are going to be peaceful and fine. That's not peace. Peace is the presence of something greater in our lives that helps sustain us through anything that we walk through. That's peace. You see, shalom, or peace that we've been talking about your last feeling, is about receiving wholeness from our Heavenly Father and extending that wholeness to others. It's receiving wholeness from our Heavenly Father and extending that to others. We extend peace to others. We become vessels of peace because peace isn't selfish, but it gives itself out. It seeks to bring wholeness to relationships and to friendships in every situation that we find ourselves in. That's what peace does. You know, it's so important, though, to know that this peace of God is thought of as both can be a blessing, but also a sustaining power in our lives. Peace resides on the inside of us, sometimes acting as a counterweight to all the external things that we go through. The car breakdowns, the, the, the difficulties, the, you know, the unexpected news we get. Sometimes this peace of Jesus acts as a counterweight to all these things. And say, you know what? It's not always going to feel great, but I'm with you, and I'll help you through it. And it's so important to know that Jesus never promised that everything on the outside would be great. Right? We've we got to understand that. You know, he said in another verse in John, you know, in this world you will have trouble. Okay? So we, can, we know that that's going to happen in our lives. So he never promised that everything would be great on the outside. Because rarely do we ever find ourselves where everything is like, my life is perfect. Rarely does that happen. But what Jesus did promise was an internal peace in the midst of sometimes a confusing and painful world. That's what he promises to you and to me this morning. A peace that endures some of the external breakdowns, a peace that can mourn and that can hurt, all while retaining this interior stillness and hope and peace that nothing else can seem to bring. And we've experienced some of these ups and downs in our family this last kind of fall season. And I find it sometimes funny, like as pastors, like we have a, a topic we're speaking on, and oftentimes, sometimes it hits home with what we're walking through ourselves, which always makes it a little more fun. But, you know, I think sometimes as pastors, it's so important that we can just be real with people and be vulnerable. And the truth is that we all go through stuff. And even this last week, we had several people reach out to us of stuff that they were going through. And like we said, this time of year just magnifies things. And about four months ago, my wife had a seizure. And it was one of those moments where things were mostly good and then stuff gets thrown out of whack. And that's life. And what made this even more difficult, I mean, it's scary in of itself, but her, uh, about 17 years ago, she had multiple seizures and the cause was a brain tumor. Um, it wasn't cancerous, but they had to go and have surgery, but this was a root of several seizures a long time ago. But when this thing happened, it kind of shook everything about our foundation. All of a sudden, questions were popping up. We weren't sure, okay, what does this mean? What doctor we need to go see? Is this, you know, could this be something worse, or is it just maybe a seizure that popped up randomly? But it's in those moments where you think life is fine. You think life is going smooth. And then something comes and knocks a brick out of place, knocks another brick out of place. And in those moments, it certainly does not seem peaceful. 
But thankfully, we were able to get in and see her same neurologist from years and years ago. They ran tests, did an MRI of her head, so everything came back clear, which obviously was about the biggest sigh of relief that we've ever experienced. But there was still this lingering unknown. You know, she's back on medication. There's another scan here in a few months just to make sure things are good. But there's always these lingering questions of why or what does this mean or what's next or is this going to happen again? And I got to tell you, once we got kind of past that initial wave, the shock, the, the fear, the worry, you know, things necessarily haven't changed with that situation. But as we've been able to invite Jesus in, as we've been able to feel his peace, and as other people in our lives have become peacemakers to fill in these unknown gaps, slowly things have been changing inside of us. And this is just such an unknown, and I share this today because I know there's many of you sitting here that you're going through stuff. This is a difficult time of year, and this is a time where it's okay to not be okay. And just because we think that this is a time we need to be cheerful and joyful and experience all these things, this is our time to come back to Jesus, who is our hope, who is our peace. We get to invite him into these things. Because while they won't necessarily always go away, when Jesus is with us, it helps us every single day get through, get stronger. He's with us in the mess. One thing that I found to be so helpful for us as we've navigated this unknown time is that there's something so peaceful about giving up control. There's something so peaceful of finally getting to the end of a rope in a situation where it's, it's out of my hand, it's out of my control, and it's truly surrendering. Because no matter how hard I work, I just can't put this wall back together. And the same is probably for you in some of your relationships that no matter how, you just can't work any harder. But let me tell you, there's peace and surrendering control and surrendering outcomes to Jesus and say, I don't understand, I don't know, but I'm going to invite you in to restore me, to make me whole, to make me complete, to give me your peace. Through whatever it is we're walking through, he is here today. So it is well. We close our eyes and pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gift gift of peace that you offer freely to us. And this morning we choose to receive it. We choose to invite you into our brokenness, to our hurt, to things that are missing. God, whatever it is we're walking through, we invite you in. And God, we declare that you are here today, so it is well. And God, I just pray that your spirit would be with us today, this week, moving forward that you would bring peace where we thought there could be no peace. But God, that we would always start with you. When things go different ways that we imagined, Lord, we would go to you first. God, we'd run to the source of all peace. And God, through that, that you'd make all of us your peacemakers to extend this peace, this wholeness, this completion, this restoration to everybody that's around us. So we thank you for this. We receive it today. And Heavenly Father, we ask you to live this life of peace out all week long, all year long, everywhere we go. It's in your name we pray.